I realized I didn't prompt you with a question this time. I was like, and I was, I was like, like, wait, wait, hey, wait. Oh, it's Axie's ass. You, you had like a like a Yoda moment where you're like, something's wrong in the force. Like, <laughs> oh my god, wait, that was actually my cue. I missed. Yeah. Whoops. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. GoFest just got a lot more GoFestier. Rayquaza ascends in the most mega way possible. Look out for falling meteorites. You might need them. Cowboy Hat Snorlax is coming back to ye another haw. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 240. It's June 20th, yet another Tuesday evening. I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle, how you doing this week? I'm really tired. Yeah, man, it's been yeah. a long week. I I just, no, I'm just, I don't know. I'm really tired. It hasn't even been that crazy of a week. It's just. I mean, I'm, I'm going to need you to at least invent a reason for me here. No, I no, I don't have a good reason. <laughs> I got mostly enough sleep last night. I don't okay, know, like like six and a half hours. So yeah, I'm gonna blame the air quality and the humidity. Let's do that. I mean, it is like I don't know, 85 degrees outside. So it is, and I keep getting all these warnings about air quality. I'm like, really? Goodness, should I should I be worried? I don't know. I mean, I don't. I have no idea. I really don't know what that means. I don't know what a threshold is. If like I go outside and I breathe and it feels bad. Or is it like if I have allergies, like I can never, I can never tell. But anyway, that didn't stop me from getting out and playing some Pokemon this week. Let me tell you, but you sure won't see that reflected in my goals. Speaking of oh Kyle, boy. let's talk oh about no. goals oh no. past week. Our britches were a teensy, teensy bit too big, I think, for both of us. I was uh, extraordinarily <laughs> optimistic about my plans for this week. Yes, sir. All right. So let's just start off. Let's rip off the Band-Aid. Cosmog special research. Both of them? Question mark. (laughs) One of them? Question mark. No. Okay. Well, no. All right. Um, Any shiny? Any? No. 400,000 experience? No. Oh, man, Kyle, I'm feeling a tie this week, brother. (laughs) I'm feeling a real feeling bad sort of tie. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, uh, Cosmog Special Research for myself, both of them. No, but I did finish one of them. <laughs> I did. So if I had been smarter, I maybe could have had a point on the board, but no, we, I know better. Uh, shiny Fomantis. No, I did get two other shinies this week. I got a Cottony and I hatched an Arkin. A shiny okay. Arkin. Okay. Yeah, I was very well. excited about that. Yep. And 50 eggs hatched? No, I did like 32, 36, something like that. I know. An off week for yours truly. I do apologize for all my egg enthusiasts out there. But slacking. I know. No, slacking. Thank you very much. Top of your top of your CP when you sort, right? And you're like, why is he still there? I transferred my slackings. I like need to power one back up. I kind of miss him. Including I, I transferred both of the slackings that were at the t- near the top of my list, one of them was shiny. So I was oh. like, get out of here. Oh, okay. Well. Oh, this is worth mentioning. I have started a new uh, task. I don't know. I can't think of words right now. Goal? Goal? It's a goal. Yeah, it's sort Project. of a goal. Uh, <laughs> transferring to home. Okay. 
not shinies, just at least one of every legendary to have in home. If I have a shiny of it, I'll transfer that unless it's my only one. And that's that's the current ongoing one. So I'm currently at zero okay. transfer energy. Well, I'm at like so how many 200. have you how many have you done then? Uh, eight. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, eight. But I skipped shiny Zapdos because that's that's a whole week's for the uh, shiny legendary. Yeah, shiny legendary is a, a full. So thing I decided to do energy. a bunch of regulars instead that I just had. And this yeah. way, I can feel less bad about keeping or getting rid of a bunch of legendaries in my inventory when I eventually clean it out. That's right. I mean, there's also like double transfer candy days like that's happening today, right? For no, Spotlight Hour, care. I think. I, no, I don't care. I respect people who are able to control, have self-control and plan for that. It doesn't mean enough for me, unfortunately. I think putting it out into the ether so that the public can hold you accountable is a, is a brave way to go. For example, Zoe last week made a tweet that was like, I will not forget double transfer Tuesday. <laughs> And retweeted her own tweet again today and said, I did I not forget. forget double. I was like, oh, Let's go. no, I, was, I forgot. No, she did not. She did not. No, no, no. This is a this is a happy story with a oh, good okay. ending. Yes. OK, no, no, we're good. We're good. Uh, well, anyway, um, we're happy to be here and we got some interesting stuff to talk about this week. Um, so I'm I think we should probably just hop right into it because Lord knows there's quite a bit. There's quite a bit to go through. So let's just hop right into the news. Yo, what up? It's the news. Okay, so it's just one piece of news, and it's not even like it's new, but it's it's an adjustment or an addendum to news we already had. It's more GoFest details. That's right. The and more stuff that we were talking about last week, with the exception of eggs, has been uh, explained or released or announced, whatever word you really want to use there. So first and foremost, Mega Rayquaza arrives in Pokemon Go. Oh, that's right. You heard us. You heard us right. Trainers, the clouds are parting as a massive Pokemon descends from the sky. That's right. None other than Mega Rayquaza, the sky high Pokemon, will be making its Pokemon Go debut at Pokemon Go Fest 2023. Trainers will be able to encounter Mega Rayquaza first at the in-person GoFest 2023 events in London, Osaka, and New York. Mega Rayquaza will then make its worldwide debut during Pokemon GoFest 2023 Global. This powerful Pokemon must meet a special condition before it can Mega Evolve. And we're going to talk more about that now. It's like a neat little mechanic, a new item, all of that good stuff. So, a meteoric evolution. Unlike other mega-evolved Pokemon, or mega-evolving Pokemon, as it's written in the article, actually, Rayquaza can't mega-evolve with mega-energy alone. Trainers hoping to mega-evolve their Rayquaza will need to teach it the charged attack Dragon Ascent first. Dragon Ascents can only be learned by using a new item, Meteorites. So, this kind of answers a question that we were, that we were wondering about, largely, mm -hmm. and, you know... On a micro level, i.e. Kyle and I <laughs> talking about this, that like, hey, Primal Groudon and Primal Kyogre got like a cool system that was kind of like Mega, but was unique in some serious way as well. And is Mega Rayquaza really just going to be a normal Mega? Because that doesn't feel right, right? What were they going to kind of do? And this is what they're going to do. They're going to make a new uh, move and an item associated with it. 
And so it's going to stand out from the crowd in that way. But, you know, does it make it more difficult? I guess we'll have to find out. A special item for a special charged attack. Meteorites have been discovered in Pokemon Go, and it seems like they have some connection to Rayquaza. Use one to help Rayquaza's power ascend to new heights. You'll be able to use a meteorite to teach the charged attack Dragon Ascent to Rayquaza, and you can collect meteorites by completing certain research tasks during GoFest 2023. Okay, so let's take a quick little pause. There is more about Mega Rayquaza later, but it's more about who gets him and who doesn't and all that sort of stuff. So pause right there. Kyle, what we already know is a new item. There will be a limited number of them, but we can get multiples and you have to use it in order to learn the charged attack uh, dragon ascent. So how mm-hmm. do we feel about this kind of putting an extra obstacle slash hurdle in front of a mega evolution? Uh, I don't think it's really that big a deal. I think it's cool in the sense that it's kind of giving a sense of importance to mega Rayquaza in that regard. But it's also at the same exact time kind of meaningless. I was talking with Chris before, like earlier, we before we recorded, and I was like, who needs, you know, 20 meteorites? Mm-hmm. Who who needs 10 meteorites? Who needs five meteorites? Now, okay, so this is true. It's gonna teach Dragon Ascent. It's not just gonna be for Mega Evolving. So if Dragon Ascent is exceptionally good, you you need six. Okay, fine. Fair enough. You need six. That's a worth chasing. It'd be really funny, though, if Dragon Ascent was just not a good move at all. Uh, could you imagine? You're just like, <laughs> yeah, it's a great Pokemon with great stats, but you've got a dead move. Yeah, like, you've got to teach your Mega Rayquaza a second move. Yep. Oh, it has so to bad. know Breaking Swipe, and it has to know Dragon Ascent, and they both stink. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of it. It's an interesting way of doing it mm-hmm. because Mega Rayquaza is unique in that regard. And very strong. I mean, the base stats are insane for oh, this yeah, Pokemon. It's, it's so, disgusting. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it makes sense that it would be limited in some way, or it would at least feel more limited and exclusive because it has an extra requirement. I agree. I don't think it's a bad thing in this case. I think it's, it helps it stand out, makes it unique, makes it memorable. So good stuff uh new bonuses while attacking with mega rayquaza in a raid battle or a gym battle the attacks of other trainers pokemon challenging that same raid battle or gym will deal more damage their pokemon's attacks will deal even more damage if the attack is flying psychic or dragon type so similar to primal ground and primal kyogre it will be affecting a set of three typings instead of just its own one or two typing when Rayquaza is Mega Evolved, catching flying psychic or dragon Pokemon will grant you additional experience, additional candy, and an increased chance of earning Candy XL. And like other Mega Evolved Pokemon, Rayquaza's Mega Level will, will uh, increase the more times that Mega Evolves, improving these bonuses. So uh, pretty straightforward across the board, except that it's proving that this Pokemon is sort of bridging the gap between our understanding and go of primals, and mega evolutions. And <laughs> now I think we kind of understand probably because I'm sure they had this whole system laid out when they were talking Groudon on Kyogre as well. It makes sense as to why those two systems were so closely like they resembled each other so similarly. Right. 
I think this, it just makes it make more sense in retrospect, I suppose. Look, the, the Pokemon company just wanted something to be different. Yeah. In Gen 6. They just, they just wanted it to be different. (laughs) And now we're dealing with the after effects. Uh, (laughs) What is it? 10 years later. Yeah. And I think Niantic did a good job. This is a good way of of translating it to their systems, you know? So, okay. Good job. Pokemon Go Fest 2023 in-person events. I'm going to make sure that when we talk about these in particular like sections, that we're being very specific about what we're covering and where this is where these things are going to be. So if I sound redundant, it's because I want to make sure that we're super clear. <laughs> Which, oh, by the way, I should probably say, this is as good a time as any. Speaking of being very clear, we're going to issue two retractions really quick. <laughs> The first one is that timed research and special research both show up in your completed list, not just one. They both show up. Second one is I made the mistake of saying that Shadow Roger Rock last week, that this was the first or that this was not the first time that we've seen seen Shadow Roger Rock in Pokemon Go. That is incorrect. This is the first time. And apparently we'll have some use, I think, somewhere. I don't know. I think the jury's still out on that. It can hit hard in PvP is what I've seen. Yep. That being said, I think that is just more fuel to the fire, that it is so unexciting that I thought we already had it, you know, like whatever. (laughs) So anyway, sorry about that. For those Regirock enthusiasts out there, this is going to be your time. Please enjoy it. Okay, great. So anyway, Pokemon Go Fest 2023 in-person events. Mega Rayquaza will first debut in raids during the in-person Pokemon Go Fest, London, Osaka, New York City. Mega Rayquaza raids will appear throughout each host city during event hours. While anyone can challenge Mega Rayquaza in raids, only ticket-holding trainers will earn Mega Energy for doing so. So if you partake in these and you don't have a ticket, they're just going to be regular Rayquaza raids, which is still a W, to be honest. Yeah. Rayquaza raid. More difficult Rayquaza raids, but Rayquaza yeah. are really easy raids. So. And in these cities, I don't think you'll have a, a shortage yeah. of people. They, they did the same thing in Las, Las Vegas, right? There were yes. primal raids and anybody could do them. You just didn't get energy. Yes, exactly okay. right. Mm-hmm. Ticket holding event attendees can also work to complete an event exclusive special research story as they explore the host city, learning more about how this mega energy, sorry, mega evolution works and earning rewards such as meteorites. Meteorites, the ability to teach Rayquaza, the Charge Attack, Dragon Ascent, and the ability to Mega Evolve are limited to ticket-holding trainers during the Pokemon Go Fest 2023 live events. Trainers without a live ticket will have the opportunity to do these things during Pokemon Go Fest 2023 Global. So they're doubling down there, just making sure it's absolutely clear. And if you do not have a ticket, you're waiting until Global to have access to Mega Rayquaza and Meteorites. All right, so for Global... All trainers will be able to harness the power of Mega Rayquaza during its global debut in raids on Sunday, August 27th during Pokemon Go Fest 2023. So if you were planning on just playing on Saturday, you might want to reassess your plan a little bit, a little bit. I don't know if I would say only play on Sunday. I mean, maybe. What do you think, Kyle? Is Mega Rayquaza enough to like if you had to pick like let's let's just say for global you had to pick because you have responsibilities. You can put them all in one day and it can be either or, but you have to choose. Yeah, it's absolutely worth it. If you can't 
play at one of the locations, go fest. Like if you haven't gone to New York or London, mm-hmm. you absolutely don't want to miss Mega Rayquaza raids. I would agree. If you care about Pokemon Go, that is. Yeah. Yeah. So this is big news for those of you planning ahead. Uh, all trainers who log in during event hours on Sunday, August 27th, will receive a short special research story that grants a meteorite when completed. Those who choose to upgrade their Pokemon Go Fest experience with an event ticket will receive an extended special research story that awards an additional meteorite and other rewards. So if you want to get a jump start in these meteorites, looks like you want to be a ticket holder. So this is this wording is very important to me because you have very specifically all trainers get the research grants a meteorite. That's mm-hmm. one. And then you can potentially buy a second one if you get the enhanced research or maybe it'll be a second research, probably be a second research. But if you're at an in-person, it's going to be tied to just field research tasks at the park is the way that it's described. Does it say field research or specific research tasks? Specific. Wait, hang on. Now I have. It's probably if it's if it doesn't say field, then my my reading of it is because I know where you're going. I think it's probably in in the story based research. Certain research tasks. Okay, I'm betting it's in the special research then. I maybe, but that said, that still sounds like plural. You can collect meteorites by completing certain research tasks. Yeah, at the in person go fest. So that's just worth calling out this is going to be a reward for events in the future and it's going to feel kind of weird like six months from now if we have an event that's featuring a meteorite because anybody who continues to play you're like well that's just i've already committed to a mega rayquaza at this point what am i doing here yeah, I mean, if only to just hold on to them and then use them to teach Dragon Ascent to other Rayquaza, right? Like yeah, you were I, I don't before. know. It's, it's a weird currency that they're introducing because it, it's extremely valuable for a very short amount of time. Yeah, that's right. Like, it is supreme value right now and until you have enough. As soon as you have enough, you'd rather they didn't exist. But... After you reach that point, Niantic and the game as a whole are still going to treat them as that insane value proposition. Probably. Because there are players who don't have it yet. That's just a way to look at it. My Feels thinking, bad as the veteran player, though. Yeah, definitely. I, I think you raise a good point. I think they would probably do, do um, something like putting it at the end of an event's special research that you probably could have like a paid version of in order to get a meteorite. I don't think they'll be just handing them out for free because I think like you're right, it would mess up their value equation. I I mean, I could see it being like an end of season reward. Oh, maybe. For example, <laughs> once every other season. What if it's in, in research breakthroughs? That's a chance next to remote raid passes, Kyle. I mean, I'd probably rather get a meteorite than an encounter with a uh furfru so oh, true 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 i guess that that would be fine huh yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it how it kind of shakes up but i think you're right what if it did something else too like what if it allowed you to evolve into ursa luna 
Well, I mean, I'd probably feel bad for people because they already have the mechanics, even if it's not very great for Ursula. Yeah, like even even under regular full moons, like you can't evolve it right now. It just there's no way to evolve Ursula. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. It definitely feels like there may have been a more elegant way of introducing this, but it's yeah, yeah, it's still an option. Like it, it is, it is a choice. So, well, anyway, we got more details besides that. So, yeah, globally, make sure you log in uh, and get your free research, even if you're not a ticket holder. But if you're into this whole Mega Rayquaza thing, picking up a ticket, even if you can only make it to global and play one day, sounds like it might be worth it for you. So reassess if you've already made some decisions about it or not. Uh, Updates to the London and Osaka events. We've got extended spawn pools and we're excited to share them. So in Dark Jungle, again, this is for the in-person events at London and Osaka. Dark Jungle will feature Zubat, Tangela, Heracross, Surviper, Plants, Cloak, Burmy, Skarupi, Tangrowth, Purloin, Venabede, Dino, Pumpkaboo, and Dupider. All of those can be shiny. In Fairy Garden, you're going to see Bulbasaur, Jigglypuff, Oddish, Hoppip, Seedot, Cacnea, Petalil, Ferrisseed, Spritzy, Aromatease, Swirlix, and Dedenne, and all of those can be shiny. Hypnotic, Glacier, Seal, Shelter, Galarian, Mr. Mime, Jinx, Snorlax, Snowy Form, Cast Form, Galarian, Darumaka, Elgium, Cubchoo, Amora, Bergmite, and Avalug. All those can be shiny. Volcanic Island will feature Charmander, Charizard, Squirtle, Aerodactyl wearing a satchel, my boy, uh, Dratini, Mantine, Surskit, Nosepass, Corefish, Lucario, Durant, and Inke, all of which can be shiny. Lucario in the wild, and it can be shiny. Whoa. Wow. I mean, that's a big deal. That's huge. Although it... They were going to have to eventually. Yeah. Because Mega Lucario. But still. And Mega Lucario is going to be shiny from raids. So like that's a that's a big deal. And also it's it's still not Riolu. So Riolu shiny is a its own premium regardless of what happens there. It's true. That's very, very true. Um, and I think that's smart design to keep Riolu. Keep Riolu out of it. You know, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> uh, The updates to the New York in-person event, because remember, they had different habitats. Prehistoric Volcano will have Kangaskhan. We're getting another uh, regional in there. Aerodactyl wearing a satchel. Dratini, Slugma, Kranidos, Shieldon, Dowermaka, Arkin, Axu, Heatmore, Tyrant, and Tyrantrum, which can all be shiny with the exception of Tyrant and Tyrantrum. Those cannot be shiny, so we still have to wait on those, but still a very hype pool. Very excited. Poison Swamp will feature Zubat, Venonat, Tentacool, Surskit, Gulpin, Saviper, Skarupi, Venipede, Scoliopede, Pawnyard, Squelp, and Noibat. All of those can be shiny. Cursed Treasures, Ghastly, Gengar, Pinsir, Eevee, Snorlax, Nosepass, Sableye, Chimeco, Yamask, Clink, Golette, and Durant, all of which can be shiny. And lastly, the one that we were like, I don't know about this, Athletic Field. Voltorb, Hitmonlee, Hitmonchan, Hitmontop, Shroomish, Makuhita, Hariyama, Spoink, Zangoose, Baltoy, Throw, and Lucario. Athletic Field got a lot cooler. All of those can be shiny. And uh, raids for in-person events for London, Osaka, and New York City. In five-star raids, you'll see Xerneas and Yveltal. And in mega raids, 
as discussed, Mega Ray Kwaza. So just just so we keep it all straight, that's all the stuff for in-person events right there. Mm-hmm. All the stuff. Except for eggs. We still don't know about eggs. Well, they said event themes, 7Ks. So maybe oh, there's yet gosh. another surprise coming that will take up that slot. But other than that, I think we pretty much have all of our other questions answered. Pretty sure. <laughs> yes. All right. Cool, cool, yes. cool. Yeah. So before we move on to the rest of the global details, Kyle, any big thoughts on these pools? Are they better or are they worse? A little bit of A, a little bit of B? Or- um, I still think athletic field is bad, but it's literally held by the single thread of Lucario existing in that, <laughs> in that biome. And Zangoose? No. <laughs> Zangoose has already been featured multiple times. So yeah, yeah it's right. a it's a good chase, especially because, you know, the regionality of it, but it's not like fan favorite. It's not really powerful or anything like that. And then all the hit mods have just shown up all the time. They're not exciting. Voltorb is weird, man. Voltorb is very weird. Yeah. It's a ball. It's a ball in the in the athletic field. <laughs> Yeah, but it's the medicine ball that they're all throwing around. Yeah. Oh, yeah, be careful. Yeah. Those could, those uh, could pop. I mean, needless to say, uh, Curse Treasure is pretty great, specifically because of that shiny golet. So I'm That's right. excited for that. Prehistoric volcano. Catch me there. Yeah, I'm very torn because I really want the Aerodactyl with the satchel, and I also really love Shield On and Granados. But Golet. I need to go let we'll have also, to divide and conquer. Is what we'll have to also, do. Cursed Treasure has two Stardust boosted Pokemon. So it's worth mentioning at least. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chimeco, Sableye. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Yep. That's it. And, cool. you know, Athletic Field has Shroomish. And that's it. Uh, Poison Swamp and Prehistoric Volcano. Don't Isn't Gulpin worth more? No. Yeah. Doesn't it so. like drop Sludge or something like that? I thought it did. I don't think so. Uh, well, I don't want to issue another retraction, so I'm just going to leave it as just <laughs> maybe it does. Who also, knows? I guess it's worth mentioning Ponyard in the Wild. The uh, shiny Ponyard is a yeah is a is a chase for a lot of people right now, and there's the whole shakeup with 12k eggs that actually just happened. So Ponyard's more common. Don't chase them if you're going to go fest. So save the, your time till later. The Ponyard too is uh, is the incense ticket holding exclusive spawn for that habitat during global as well a lot of a lot of qualifying yeah. things there hopefully hopefully we're not losing anybody <laughs> but yeah so that's it's all cool i think this is all i think every pool benefit from the extra spawns being listed of course this might have been the case and we wouldn't have known anyway would have a nice surprise but i think it's good that they kind of cleared it up considering people are paying to go to these events yeah mm-hmm. and uh one thing worth mentioning outside of pikachu and correct me if i'm wrong it doesn't seem like we have any starters in these pools oh there's charmander in <sighs> there's charmander and squirtle in volcanic island for osaka and london okay so well they they, they get to suffer it. there oh bulbasaur in fairy garden as well okay so osaka and london you're not so lucky but new york 
No, we has got no starters. We got Voltorb, Gastly, and Zubat instead, brother. <laughs> I will take more Gastly. So I know you will. I know you will. That's fine. I'm happy. But I'm Voltorb happy is bad. But... No, Voltorb. Shiny Voltorb is great. I know we all have twelve, but this it's a fun one. It's a yes. fun one. Yeah, but it's not a starter. Thank God. I want his. I want his suing Voltorb shiny out. What what color is it? <laughs> I don't know, but I want it. It's cool. It's probably. It's green. Yeah, I hope it's. I hope it's green. I, I hope it's green too, man. Like, <laughs> oh, it's it's gray. Oh, beautiful. Like like a dark gray. We love it. That's good stuff. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, what else is good stuff is the updates to the global event as well. Yes, none of you not going to the in person events. None of you are getting left behind in this fun list of stuff. We got some cool things. New shoes. Check. Trainers who purchase a Pokemon Go Fest 2023 global ticket by August 1st and play between July 15th and August 1st will receive timed research that awards stylish carbink shoes for your avatar before they're made available for purchase in the in-game shop. That's cool. So another little early bird thing to entice you to get the ticket early. If you're planning on it, just just do it ahead of time, you know, unless there's yeah. other reason why not. Get your get your fun shoes. We'll wear them together. It'll be cool. Group activity. Wear your new shoes. Awesome. Mega Rayquaza makes its global debut in um, raids. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mega Rayquaza, the Sky High Pokemon, will make its worldwide Pokemon Go debut in raids during Pokemon Go Fest 2023 Global. Trainers participating in the global event will be able to find meteorites and new item in Pokemon Go via special research. These meteorites seem to have some connection with Mega Rayquaza. That would be a mystery if we didn't just go through and explaining what it was. So there you go. Cats out of the bag. Habitats. We got some extended spawn pools here as well. And Quartz Terrarium. Pikachu wearing a Quartz Crown, which we knew. Clary, uh, Clefairy, Clefable, Lickitung, Heracross, Miltink, Wurmple, Wishmer, Skitty, Love Disc, East Sea, Shellost, Baneri, Licky Licky, Audino, Fungus, and more lull. Not not and more lol, but and more lol, the Pokemon. Sorry. Yeah. Easy to get that confused. Pyrite Sands. Pikachu wearing a Pyrite crown. Sand slash sand shrew. Alolan Diglett, Psyduck, Girafferig, Shuckle, Trapinch, Gibble, Hippopotas, Timber, Joltik, Binacle, Helioptile, Heliolisk, and Grubbin. Looks like Grubbin can't be shiny in that list. More lol could not be shiny in the previous list. I didn't mention that. Um there's some good spawns added to Pyrite Sands. I like that. Like, good to see Timber. Good to see Heliolisk in the wild with a shiny chance. It's going to be pretty sick. We like that. Malachite Wilderness. Caterpie listed first. Pikachu wearing a Malachite crown. Bellsprout. Weeping Bell. Scyther. Let's go. Still on the Hundo hunt. Snorlax. Spinarak. Remoraid. Roselia. Roserade. Snover. Cottony. Ferrisseed. Stunfisk. Fomantis. And Oranguru. And I believe all of those can be shiny. The Fomantis is listed as not, but it just got released, so that's not true. <laughs> Aquamarine Shores, Pikachu wearing an Aquamarine crown. Horsey, Lapras, Meryl, Wobbuffet, Carvana, Sharpedo, Barboach, Bagon, Beldum, Metagross, West Sea, Shellos, Woobat, Timpole, or Timpole, Gumi, and Marini. Marini cannot be <sighs> shiny i know i know but i want it it's a shame 
And before we talk about raids, let's take a quick pause to discuss these spawn pools. So they're expanding quite a bit. There's a lot in each of these spawn pools, yeah. which is to the, de- you know, I'm pretty sure this is a point that you're about to make if I don't make it first, but I feel like it's to the detriment of people playing. Do you want to pick it up from there? Because I'm sure yeah. I know you're thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was. I, I was thinking the same thing in the way my eyes glazed over as you read all of them because there's too many. There's <laughs> there so many. many here that like and it, and these are on rotating habitats. Just to remind everybody, make sure it's driven home. Yeah, with spawns with active play, you might not even see a fungus in the quartz terrarium. Yep. Like. It's totally a possibility because there's to- so many here. It Like the list could be cut in half and it still would be okay, probably. But I don't know if everybody feels that way. <laughs> no, th- that's exactly what I was thinking. I agree. Like this, the pool is so wide that you can't really target. You just kind of have to get lucky, yeah. especially knowing that Sunday there's no rotating habitats and it's just everything. Well, that's it is just crazy. everything, but it's usually like the greatest hits of everything. I mean, so, like, we'll see. It's they unlikely didn't... that we'll see uh, Wormpole and Skitty spawning from Quartz Terrarium. Because like in the past, that's at least how they've done it. We'll see, because this year their verbiage was all Pokemon spawning will be available and not just some. Yeah. Okay, know. well, I, we'll see. I agree. In previous years, they have done that. And just because they can spawn, like they might flip the rarity and maybe Wurple's really rare, but Morlul isn't, you know, or something yeah. like that. Um, happening. It's cool to see evolutions listed on these lists. Oh, yeah. Like that's really cool. But also, but also at the same time, it's just it's too many <laughs> it is like it's too many okay you listed helioptile and heliolisk but, but why yeah we probably could have gotten away with just helioptile yeah like what is the advantage here if that only leads to a inflated pool i feel like it's because they know that evolved forms are really really exciting People get jazzed when they see them. Like, I still get jazzed yeah. when I see a Blastoise in the wild, man. Yeah, it, they're good spawns, just not at a time when people want specific spawns. Like, if I saw a Caesar spawn in the wild, I might lose my mind. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, oh, hang on. Yeah, Everyone hold up. Stop. Everybody stop. wait. Silver Pineapple. Okay. <laughs> I'm yeah. pausing. Hang um, on. <laughs> and I think the other thing, maybe this is just me, they lack identity. These habitats, they don't feel like they have an identity like the in-person ones that we've just listed do. Yeah. Like, uh, why is Timber with Sandslash and Trapinch and Gibble? Why is Joltik with Gibble and Psyduck? You know, why is Diglett? Well, I guess Diglett fits. Yeah, why, Dil- why is Psyduck here at all? It's very clearly desert, not yeah. beach. And yeah. It's, it's, it's why Joltik? Why Binacle? Giraffe rig too, man. Giraffe. Like it doesn't. I'm just looking at one in particular. Obviously, I'm not picking Ooh. on Pirate Sands. The spawns are not bad. I'm just using it as an example. Binacle makes negative sense because it's not. It's a desert. Like that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. It that's bar- true. It doesn't. That's the thing that stands out more. Well, I to guess me the is, rock typing maybe, but. 
Mm, yeah, uh, that was still more like for a mountain than. I bet. If, I bet if we looked into this, oh, actually, no, staring Psyduck, you know, in the face right there makes this theory not true. But I wonder if each of these Pokemon show up in deserty oasis-like areas, like in Robin? their lore, Dex entries, etc. I don't know. Maybe, but like we could obviously. What about keep going timber? I don't know. Because the uh, yeah, why do <laughs> timber? We could go to the other biomes, and I still think it continues. The aquamarine shore might be the best one, but still, you stuck Woobat, Metagross, Beldum, Bagon in there because they're good spawns minus the Woobat, but they don't Malachite, make any sense. Malachite Wilderness makes sense to me, with the exception of like maybe one. Like yeah, Stunfisk it's a little bit better. The, one. the Snorlax is a little bit weird, too. Remoraid but. is strange. Snorlax makes sense because it was very prominent in the jungle set um, promotion stuff in oh my, my brain. Gosh. Okay. I okay. know that's a Fine. deep cut, but Fine. I'm allowing it to happen in my brain. See, like you in know? Aquamarine Shores, you, you could have made something work here, but like replace the Woobat with the Psyduck from Pyrite Sands, for yeah. example. Like that works. I bet they had like a set that was like a tight theme, kind of like what we discussed, like only the few that we knew last time that we talked about this seemed a little bit more concise thematically. But I bet they also had like just, hey, these are the Pokemon that are approved for these pools. Let's spread out some value when it comes down to like Woobat and Aquamarine Shores as opposed to Woobat being in Malachite Wilderness, which would make more sense on its face. You know, but I said Aquamarine Shores is probably the best of these four in terms of thematic like it makes the most sense yeah it's still weird which and one this sounds think... like a nitpick i, I understand yeah. that but it's okay it just feels weird we're here for the takes kyle doesn't have doesn't matter what temperature they are that's fine um which now i want to know what you think out of these four habitats which one is the best for the global uh, event, i should clarify because we've already made our opinions clear of the uh in-person ones my vote, I think, is Pyrite Sands, actually. Um, For shiny hunting for me personally. I'm going to say Aquamarine Shore, but it's carried entirely by the fact that Gumi is there. Almost Oh, entirely. yeah. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Like, uh, shiny Beldum and Metagross is pretty cool, too. Potential yeah, good home on there. So, eh. Cool. That's you. You answered the question. That qualifies. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cool. 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 So that's all the. Those are the spawns. We could talk about them forever. <laughs> yeah. uh, raids for global event. Let's talk about those on Saturday. One star raids. You'll see the the Pikachu suite. All four of the crowns available for global. So quartz, pyrite, malachite, and aquamarine crown, uh, crowns. Gumi as well. And uh, note the Pikachu will appear. Um, or sorry, the Pikachu that appear will rotate with the habitats. So you won't see a pyrite crown one during the quartz habitat. You'll see them pop up appropriately when the hours are rotating. In two-star raids, this is new information. First of all, two-star raids back from the dead. Excuse me. Uh, Carbink. So that answers our question there. Carbink. Oh, boy. Yahoo. Uh, sorry, I should say yeehaw, because in three star raids, we're seeing the return of the guy. Snorlax wearing a, a cowboy hat. I'm sorry, Snell boy hat. Snorlax wearing a cowboy hat. Very excited for another chance to shiny hunt that. And I'm sure many others are as well. It's too good. And then in primal raids, you'll see primal Kyogre and primal Groudon. So if you did not get a good chance to 
grind through those during the Vegas event um, or the Hoenn tour event, generally speaking, you get another chance. Or if you just like those Pokemon, like I still need a hundo Groudon. So, I mean, I need a hundo Kyogre. So I'm going to keep doing those personally. And seemingly on Sunday, we're getting a different dealio. One star raids, you're getting the Pikachu wearing an Aquamarine crown, Yahoo, Gumi. Two star raids will feature Carbon Call, the same three star raids, Snorlax wearing a cowboy hat. That's great. Mega raids, though. Mega Rayquaza. So, as said before, Mega Rayquaza is coming to everybody globally, but those raids and all that good stuff, it's happening on Sunday. So, again, be aware, plan appropriately. Primal Raids. It says 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. local time only. Primal Kyogre and Primal Groudon. This is specifically because they are absolutely treating Mega Rayquaza Raids as both the Mega and the T5 slot. But why doesn't it just start at 10 then? (laughs) That's a great question. (laughs) You mean at 11? No, why doesn't Mega Mega Rayquaza just start at 10 a.m. instead of Groudon and Kyogre being from 10 to 11 because Mega Rayquaza starts at 11. That doesn't, I don't understand what you're saying. Primal Raids only exist until from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Right. For Primal Kyogre and Primal Groudon. Right. Why are those there at all if the focus is supposed to be Mega Rayquaza? Why are they only there for an hour? I don't, I don't understand. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying like, why? I thought you were getting that. Why don't we just say Mega Rayquaza starts at 11 then? I'm like, no, I don't no, I'm know saying it's- why is he, he starts at 10? Why are the, I, okay. So I guess they're there for somebody who only gets to play Sunday and yeah. they still have the opportunity to get Kyogre and Groudon. It's a little I bit agree. strange, but yeah, I guess that's the reason. I think that's exactly what the reasoning is there too. Unless there's a story beat too, but I doubt there would be because if it was baked into research, you had to do that. They wouldn't make that time slot early in the morning. There'd be multiple opportunities throughout the day. So yeah, yeah. Best guesses here, you know. Uh, featured attack, meteorites, dragon ascent. We've already gone over it. You know how it works. It's tied to meteorite. Got to use it to teach the attack, and it can't mega evolve without the attack, dragon ascent. We don't know numbers on it yet, and they said they'll let us know later. Essentially, that's <laughs> the takeaway from that segment. Exclusive bonuses. All trainers will receive the following bonuses and rewards during event hours. Some of these are restatements, but there's a couple of new ones, or at least one new one in here. Lure modules activated will last for one hour. Uh, and here's the new one, two times friendship bonus damage in raids. So raiding with your friends will will be really strong, like very, what, what very is the, strong. What is the friendship bonus right now? I don't even know. I, I You know, I don't know. It's, you do some maybe 10 percent, something like that. I don't know. Kyle's Kyle's hitting the Internet. Uh, <laughs> trainers will be able to enjoy field research themed around the different Pokemon habitats. Remote rate limit will be increased to 20. Uh, per day, and that'll be all day, even outside of the event windows, but the entirety of the day, local time, and you can take snapshots during the event as well. I'll pause here. Kyle, do you have an answer? It is 10% from this <sighs> article from 2018, so I hope it's still correct. Okay, well, I'm not going to say I was right because I guessed, but 10%. I mean, yeah, 20% damage boost is nothing to, to scoff at for sure. That's huge. Yeah, hopefully it'll be good for rural players. If you, know, if you and two other people and you're all friends... That's that's going to make up for probably one more person. Yeah. And also Mega Rayquaza is four times weak to ice. Yep. So it's it's a big deal. Any extra damage is a big deal. Even if it's hard. 
they're set they're trying to set us all up for success i think in this case yeah that's yeah. a that's a good bonus yes it is and then uh next not last thing there's one other tiny little thing after this we have some available moves uh they're they're doing that thing where they trot out some evolution special moves from events primarily community days for pokemon that would be appropriate here for us to get those moves again so butterfree can learn the fast attack bug bite i feel like that's i don't remember that being a thing or coming out actually i don't <laughs> is this new they're, well, they're not all new because they're not all new. I don't think that you keep reading and I'm just going to go see real quick if that. OK, actually exists. I'm going to read the ones that are community days and we can go back and pick up the other ones. So Sand Slash will learn Night Slash if you evolve it. Flygon will learn Earth Power. Salamence will learn Outrage. Metagross will learn Meteor Mash. And then the rest of them are non community day Pokemon. So okay. Butterfree with Bug Bite. Clefable. That is huh? legacy. I just checked. Okay. Clefable, fast attack pound. That's that's weird. That's a weird one. We're going to find out real quick, real quick. That and is Rose- also legacy, yeah. Okay. And Roserade, I forgot to mention, this one was a community. Roserade will learn both the fast attack bullet seed and the fire type charge attack weather ball. I believe those are just from community day. Yeah. And Licky Licky will know the charge attack body slam. That's legacy, right? Yeah. that I think that was for the Lickitung raid day in like 2019 okay all right i don't remember why butterfree fable and butterfree are yeah that's weird are those like are those like first gen cuts where they did in like 2017 2018 because there are some moves like that like i thought dugong had like a bunch of moves and sea king or something i'm probably misremembering but i'm considering i just found a post on Reddit from 2019 asking about they got a legacy bug bite butterfree. That sounds like it was one that was a mistake a long time ago. And so okay. they're bringing it back now. Okay, that great. could be wrong. Someone probably has a better memory of the timeline than than I have at the moment. Interesting. So I do apologize for first. I don't know. I guess casting this in a very two dimensional light. There's more than just community moves in this. It's interesting. Clefable with pound though. What? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Sure. Anyway, special research on Saturday. Ticket holding trainers will be able to complete exclusive special research to learn more about the mythical Pokemon Diancie, and they'll get an opportunity to encounter it. Then on Sunday, ticket holders will receive extended special research focused on Mega Rayquaza and the newly discovered meteorites. We'll have more exciting details to share as the event approaches, etc., etc. Stay tuned. Whew. That was a lot. <laughs> yeah. A lot of updates. I guess this makes sense as to why all of the other GoFest details we had before were so easy to sail through in comparison to other years because we only had half the info. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that special research. And again, if you're looking to do the full experience, then just, just get the ticket. Honestly, I know it sounds like we're shilling over here, but the value is there for GoFests. It's the other events that you're kind of like, maybe I don't need this $5 ticket. But GoFest yeah. is almost always worth it and in a big way. But what about the surfer pose, Chris? <laughs> that was definitely worth the $5, right? I, st- I have that pose. I can't stand it when I see it in other, in uh, wait, other look, look, Chris and I both got those poses for free, and we, we still don't think they're worth it. It's true. 
That's right, man. Cowabunga, <laughs> hang loose. Oh my gosh. Come I don't know. On. I think it's I think it's very funny, but yeah, I absolutely would never have paid for it. I think it looks Personally. really funny when there's like four or five people in a raid lobby all doing it together. All, all in sync. It's oh it's great. Love it. The team skull animation is still the best to see a bunch of people doing together, though. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Okay, well, that's it for news. Super exciting stuff for GoFest. I'm very, very happy to just keep hearing more and more positive things. Mega Rayquaza is is nuts. I'm so ready for it to blow my mind. I really, really I'm, am. I'm kind. I am. I'm genuinely surprised they did it for GoFest. I was expecting it to be its own thing. Yeah, me too. So me too. I was surprised. And they could have, and we still would have loved it, probably. Yeah, I mean, it would have. It's so more power to them here. Yeah, kudos in in a lot of ways. Okie dokie. Well, uh, because we're back to resembling a normal structure of the show this week, we're actually going to go into Gear Up. So this week on Gear Up, we're going to talk about what's the big deal with Tyranitar? Now, hang on. You're probably over there if you've been a long-time listener. Haven't you already done this before? I have. But Tyranitar got an update, and it's been like three weeks, and we haven't had to gear up because life and the show has been long. So I wanted to finally talk about it because it's worth talking about. You're just updating the old CV for Tyranitar. (laughs) Yeah. And what (laughs) are we talking about? Well, with the new season update that we got now, you know, three weeks ago, Tyranitar got Brutal Swing. And Brutal Swing is very good. It's going to be very simple. I'm going to give you some numbers and I'm going to tell you what to think. (laughs) Perfect. Straightforward (laughs) comparison. Regular Tyranitar, not Shadow. Bite Crunch, 14.3 DPS, 528 TDO. He's okay. He's good, but never. He hasn't been great for a very long time. Bite Brutal Swing. 17.1 17.1 DPS, 633 TDO. It's a huge increase. It's oh, a yeah. Huge increase. And then it gets better because Shadow Tyranitar exists. And it's been around for a very long time, actually. Uh, with Bite Crunch, it was already very good. 17.2 DPS and 530 TDO. Oh. Like it, 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 basically loses nothing compared to regular Tyranitar. That's how good it is. <laughs> but with Bite Brutal Swing, 20.7 DPS, 639 TDO. That's crazy. It's, it's, it's a very large increase. Big swing. Big brutal swing. <laughs> and then lastly, to talk about the Mega very quick, because it's, it's probably coming very soon. <laughs> uh, Bite Crunch, 17 DPS, 826 TDO. So it's a it's a thick boy. He's a thick boy. But with Bite and Brutal Swing, it's a 20.3 DPS and 984 TDO. Huh. It's, it's, an, it's an insane increase for Tyranitar. Someone else can correct me because I'd have to go and look at move updates. It might be one of the biggest single increases in performance outside of a starter getting Hydro Cannon, probably. Mm-hmm. Like, Hydro Can and Swamper probably increased better than uh, what does it have? Surf, Muddy Water, One Surf, of both of those actually. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I don't remember if it got Muddy Water for the community. It day. did, I don't, I don't, it, it did, it did okay. not. Not for the community day. No. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's huge. It is a crazy increase. Now, where does that leave the standings? So Shadow Tyranitar stands king over everything else, including Megas. 
It's better than every Dark Mega. It's better than every Ghost Mega. Sort of. We'll get there. One second. Except for future Mega Tyranitar. Obviously, that one will still perform better. It's interesting to note, though, that technically Shadow Tyranitar Bite Brutal Swing has a little bit more DPS, but that exchange for how much TDO it gets in Mega mm-hmm. it makes that value equation swing way the other direction in favor yeah. of Mega. <laughs> Especially because the Mega will continue to boost all of your teammates the longer it's alive. So yeah, very true. Yeah. Uh, but what about non-Shadows? Because I, I don't like to talk about Shadows a lot here. <laughs> Regular Tyranitar tops Hydreigon. So it's better than Hydreigon. The best regular dark type DPS. Third overall for dark types in general, behind only Shadow Tyranitar and Mega Houndoom. For comparison, regular Tyranitar without Brutal Swing is like, like 12th or 13th, depending on if you count Shadows and Megas. Oh, really? So okay. not bad, but you know, Shadow Weavile. Regular Weavile is comparable to regular Tyranitar, and you know Hydreigon was miles better. So this is it's huge. It's it's good for Tyranitar. And last note, if you follow along with a lot of Pokemon Go stuff, Dark and Ghost have very similar usages, specifically in Go, but in Pokemon in general, because they're both super effective against the same things. So it's worth talking about some Ghost types here at the end. And Tyranitar, regular Tyranitar, outperforms. Giratino, fairly it, it's close, but it does. Hmm. And Shadow Tyranitar is comparable to Mega Gengar by itself. Oh like, no! On straight like straight numbers, Mega oh. Gengar has higher DPS, but it's made of tissue paper. So yeah. So it's like resistances aside, Tyranitar is your best choice for Ghost type attacking that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Um, and and it is it's it's strictly I think a better a better mega for Mewtwo too, especially more than, more oh, than yes. Gengar. Although you oh, do yes. run the risk of getting Focus Blast into next week. True, and those yeah. Focus Blasts are going to be real bad. But at oh, least you can yeah. take the confusions. That's so, right. Yeah, a fast attack is not going to one shot you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so. That, that's all there is to say, really. It's actually really exciting if you've been waiting forever to use your Tyranitars that have yeah. slowly got power crept. Well, Niantic just power crept it right back. It's like getting it reprinted in the in the new TCG expansion after it's been out for like seven rotations. And you're like, oh, it's it's better. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's just better. Yeah. Strict upgrade. So if you were yeah. waiting to TM some Tyranitars that you had in the wings, it's worth it. It's, it's definitely worth it, at least yeah. in terms of PvE. And the great thing about this is that it's not uh, a legacy move. It's not an event move. It's just yeah. in the pool. Yeah, it's just objectively better. It just it feels straight, like like 30% damage increase. It feels like it should have been probably a, some sort of I mean, legacy or something. It definitely could have been. They could have done a second Tyranitar community day, Lavatar community day. And had a second move mm-hmm. like they did for Charmander, and it could have done this, and people would have been upset, but they could have done it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, they get over it after they have their three super powered Tyranitars ready to go. Yeah. So, anyway, cool stuff. Good, good, good. I'm, I'm been excited. I'm even more excited. I did go through and change all my Tyranitar from Bite Crunch to 
brutal swing and even my smackdown stone edge ones i made the third move brutal swing on like all of my tyranitar and i can feel the difference in some raids a couple of them i i really could so good on stuff. that note i'm going to go find my dark ones and change them now i don't, I nice. don't know how many dark ones i have but uh, you'll find them <laughs> hey there you go <laughs> Okay, uh, we are going to take a quick little break and then we'll be right back for Pokalore this week. Welcome back. And this week for Pokalore, I know it's been a while. Going to shake shake the rust off or, you know, blow the dust off or any other version of that, that saying. But yes, we are doing Pokalore this week. And this week we're going to be covering Carbink, the jewel Pokemon. It's been a long time coming. We probably could have waited a couple more weeks as it got closer to GoFest. But... It sounded like fun, and I wanted to do it. So, Carbink. Okay, we'll do Diancy closer. That's right. That's a good idea. Carbink is a gray, rock-like Pokemon with a conical body. Its body has light blue crystals of various shapes and sizes embedded in it. A white, fluffy collar surrounds its small head. It uses this soft mane to polish the gems of other Carbink. Aww. It has bright blue eyes, a light blue crystal on top of its head, and flat, diamond-shaped ears. Due to its small stature, it ties with Minior and Dwebble as the shortest rock type. It's such a short <laughs> rock Pokemon. That's so cute. Aww. Carbink is created from high temperatures and pressures underground and is occasionally found during cave uh, excavations. Following birth, it can sleep for millions of years. Same. <laughs> Honestly. Carbink defends itself by shooting high energy beams from the gem on its head. Rarely, Carbink will undergo a strange mutation and transform into Diancie. It is said that a pack of Carbink lives deep underground with their queen in a jeweled kingdom. We got to dig. We got to find them. Sounds like the start of some kind of JRPG. Yeah, or a Pokemon movie. <laughs> One of those two. But yeah, yeah, a pack lives deep underground with their queen in a jeweled kingdom. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, stats for Carbink. Well, I mean, and of course, these are subject to change, but because the Pokemon's not actually in the game quite yet, but these are the best guesses based on how other Pokemon are handled. Max CP at 40 will be 1467, and at 50 will be 1658. That is primarily due to its stats, which are 137 stamina, 285 defense, which is high, uh, 95 attack, which is really low. (laughs) It's a defensive Pokemon, if you can call it that. Yeah. Best move set. Rock throw and with with rock slide and moon ba- blast, moon blast, moon blast, probably question mark. Again, we don't know what the moves are going to be, but I mean, yeah, th- th- this has got to have some use in PvP somewhere, right? What's yeah, this typing? Maybe it's like a it's a rock fairy. It's, rock, it's got to have something. Yeah, I like, would like defense um, like that. I would imagine. I mean, it'd be really good to like swap into to eat like a charged attack and not worry about it. You know, it's, it's all of level 40, like level 41 for it could get up to like level 48 or something. If you had ideal IVs, it's, cr- yeah. it's crazy. Well, you could. It would be really high up there. Yeah. So I guess we'll have to see and, and wait for our specialist to tell us. But I think you're probably <laughs> right, honestly. And especially if these moves are right, like having Moonblast in your back pocket when people aren't expecting it uh, is potentially devastating. So good deal. But yeah. that's Carbink. I don't really personally have a lot of love for Carbink. I haven't had a lot of time spent with Carbink. Kyle, any different for you or no? No, I don't. I don't care about Carbink. It's kind of cute. Yeah. But like, I, I don't care about it 
at oh, all. Yeah, and I'm kind of I'm kind of there too. I'm ready to car, uh, to care more about it with these GoFest events. I don't I don't like Diancy either. Spoilers, I suppose. <gasps> what? So, yeah. That's so rude. You're gonna tell me you don't like Bagirna next too. I don't like Magirna. <laughs> You're a monster. You're just—it's that... very strange Pokemon. I—I I don't wow. know. Wow. I, I love Minior. This is not related, except it's in the Pokalore entry. But Minior is yeah. pretty sweet. Minior is uh, feels almost like it doesn't belong in Pokemon. But Magirna does. <laughs> yeah, Magirna feels like a Pokemon. Yeah. I feel like I feel like Minior is from like a Mario game. Like you could almost say the same thing about Carbank. I think you could probably say it for a lot of Pokemon. Yeah. Like Fungus? Fungus could be out of a Mario game. All right. Well, I feel like that closes out that closes out Pokalore then. We'll circle back kind of when we talk about DNC, which I promise will be a much more interesting um entry to go over. So there we go. But why don't we take the opportunity now, Kyle, to go into Pokepole? So last week's Pokepool was, are Shadow Raids more engaging than regular raids? And or do you find them more fun? If so, why? First response is from Modders, and he said, hello, gents. I've not done a single rocket raid as yet. Oh. I don't see the appeal of the lower level raids. And life has gotten in the way on the last two weekends where we had Mewtwo and Articuno popping. And strangely for me, or strangely for me FOMO hasn't kicked in either. So my view on rocket raids is meh. Loving your work as ever, chaps. Cheers. You know what? This is a valid response. And it's it's very interesting to hear about the lack of FOMO. And I just I wonder if it's because we've already had them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Especially with Articuno, but lesser extent Mewtwo as well. I think it's more telling to the fact that Modders doesn't feel like he's missing out on the shadow raids whatsoever, that it really is the Pokemon that carries that interest at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, it's very worth noting that Modders does a very large amount of raids. I don't know if you've done as many raids since remote raid changes in April, Modders, but to say not done many is its own very strong statement, I feel. I believe I have seen Modders, like most, say that if they raid at all, it is much less. Yeah. Next response from Everdark Raven, and they said... For me, it's too early to tell. I find myself doing shadow raids more than regular raids at the moment, but I'm worried that this set of shadow raids, Articuno, Glagar, and Growlithe, etc., are going to be around for the entire season. If they're around for the full season, then they're going to get very boring very fast. If it's just monthly rotations, then it will depend on what the Tier 1 and Tier 3 raid bosses are. I wish the Tier 5 bosses counted as Giovanni encounters for the medal at least once a weekend or something. So it won't take years to get that platinum. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's definitely coming time that they should speed up the Giovanni grind for for the metal specifically, not necessarily for more Giovanni encounters, even at monthly rotations. I think it's going to suffer, but yeah. Yeah, I, it's it. Honestly, it's because tier three shadow raids are, are hard to solo sometimes, and that is detrimental to the entire system. Yeah, and tier three is supposed to be the raid that you like go to because you want to solo it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's what I like about tier three regular raids. So, next response is from Clifton B, and they said it's an interesting concept. If I happen to be at a park where people are raiding, I'll do one. 
I think raids as a whole have lost a lot of appeal, at least for me. I give Niantic credit for trying to shake raids up, but it's just not enough to motivate me to go raiding to raid. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't think I've gone raiding to raid. <laughs> I haven't. I mean, okay. Yeah. Aside from Cleavor Day, yes. I have not gone raiding to raid. Uh, does Hoenn to her count? Considering how many remote raids I did. Yeah, Hoenn Tour counts. I mean, if you're like, I'm going to spend my time raiding, then yeah, I think so. Then yeah, a majority of my time was spent raiding. So probably Hoenn Tour. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) It's a long time ago now. Next response from Triptando. And they said, I think it's super cringe that one cannot solo tier three shadow raids that don't have a double weakness. There it is. Yeah. You need eight bricks to subdue the raid boss, but alone you can only use five. But don't use any. You'd be wasting them since they don't do anything. I would love a change that it takes five bricks to subdue a tier three boss. So with some investment, they could be soloable. And just like with regular raids, it's very dependent on the species, whether I spend a pass or not. Feature has potential, but definitely requires a lot of tweaking still, in my opinion. Generally, I prefer regular raids still by a landslide. Yeah, I think this is a fantastic point. I think bricks should scale with the tier of the raid. One brick for tier one, five for tier three, and eight for tier five. Perfectly reasonable, honestly. Five, honestly, might even be a little too much for tier three, just for the time it takes to feed five bricks into the system and how slow it moves. It should be one for tier one, and it should be three for tier three, I think. Yeah, but then you go from three to eight in tier five. That makes sense to me. Because big jump tier well. tier five tier five shadow raids are already um, supposed to be more special than regular tier five raids would be anyway. So that, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I just they they definitely have potential. I agree with Triptando. And here's hoping they work with it because the mega system had potential and the way they reworked that really gave it life. So mm-hmm. fingers Agreed. crossed that it doesn't take a year for that change to happen. But yes, please, <laughs> please. That said, in a year, we're still going to be doing the legendary dogs. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. And also, like I say that, but I also don't really want them spending too much time on shadow raids. Uh, and I'd rather them spend some more time on other things right now. Yeah. All right. Our last response from Venus Prime. And they said, rural player yet to see anyone doing a tier five, not worth trying a tier three without a double weakness. And I didn't see any sneezles during the first week. Mm. And tier ones are exactly the same as regular tier ones. The only time I'm ever likely to engage with threes and fives is at GoFest, which will be fun because I don't get to be in large in-person raid groups very often, rather than them specifically being shadow. I don't like elite raids, but at the very least, they have been a consistent start time with plenty of notice, at least slightly increases the chance I'll be in the right place at the right time. Yep. As as further evidence, shadow raids continue to have all of the same problems as regular raids, mm-hmm. but with yeah. more downsides. Yes, so it's not a total remotable. fair critique, I think. No remotable. So for this week's Pokepole, we have what is the one thing Niantic could add to Pokemon Go that would take it to the next level? I think it's important to say that we should all endeavor to be more creative than to remove the raid pass limit and revert the price changes. Also wouldn't really take it back to the next level. It just it would wouldn't. put it back on the previous level. 
be on the same level. That's right. Yeah. 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 I've got an answer to you. Not, I mean, kind kind of. I think I've got, I think I've got like three half answers. So why don't you go okay. first? I have one, one really broad answer that sort of combines two, but I think it counts. My answer is they need to revitalize the map. Mm. I can't tell you exactly what that means, but my best guess and suggestions are new points of interest that we've talked about for a very long time. But a new way to exist on the map in the game would do so much for the game. We've had the same awful looking overworld for six, seven years now. Yeah. And like, I would love to see that updated so much. Yeah. We've talked about like Pokemarts, Pokemon centers. We've talked, I mean, like I know that there's that contest feature that was in New Zealand for like three days or whatever. Yeah. That's cool. But like, I think you're right. More, more visual appealing stuff or some variety on the map. Yeah, like, you know, and like we have the start of the concept with routes that may potentially be coming sooner mm-hmm. than later. Who knows? They could be delayed again another eight months. Yeah. But uh, the, it just it needs more. I think that that is the way to bring go to the next level. Yeah, I know it's interesting that you brought up brought up routes because we haven't really talked about it on the show yet, but that's been kind of the the next thing going around. Uh, we'll we'll link to an article or two in the notes of what we're talking about instead of having a full conversation about it. Um, but honestly, I'm I'm not entirely sure. I'm like I'm really taken by your perspective of it being something visual because I kind of agree. You know, like. I would, I mean, I would love for raids to be engaging and fun in and of themselves. But I, the more I say that, the more I realize that it's not about doing the raid. It's about tapping your phone and talking to people around you. And if you can't focus on, if you need to focus on the raid and you're not socializing, it kind of defeats part of the purpose of the vision, I feel like. So I kind of get that. Maybe a way to really truly customize your Pokemon with some items like a particular bow or you know um some sort of charm on their ear or something like that i feel like that would be big we there's a lot of potential especially with the ar stuff to take what they're doing which is some cool stuff with peridot and bring that sort of personability to pokemon in pokemon go i feel like we need more than just a best buddy badge and if it's shiny or has one of a preset costume you know yeah okay yeah, that'd be neat, which would tie into the contest thing they had going on uh, in New Zealand for a day or whatever it was. So, yeah, we can talk more about that when we have more opportunity and more detail. But, um, yeah, cool, cool stuff. So anyway, dear listener, if you have an answer to this week's Pokepole question, which is, again, what is the one thing Niantic could add to Pokemon Go that would take it to the next level? You can answer that question when we post it on Twitter at GoCastPodcast. You can send us an email to mail at GoCastPodcast.com. Send us a voicemail to 262-586-7717. You can answer on the Spotify mobile app in this episode in particular, if you're listening there, or on YouTube when the video shows up as well. You take it, take answers everywhere. Oh, and if you're a patron of ours on, on the Discord, there's a specific channel as well. So a plethora of ways to get your answer to us in whatever way you deem most comfortable and appropriate. Speaking of appropriate and comfortable, I mean, emails and voicemails. 
time for emails. I realized I didn't prompt you with a question this time. I was like, and I was I was like, like wait, wait, wait. Is, oh, it's Axie's ass. You had like a like a Yoda moment where you're like, something's wrong in the force. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, wait, that was actually my cue. I missed. Yeah, whoops. Whoa. Hey, no, it's not your fault. That was on me. But anyway, uh, it's it's the email voicemail section. No voicemails this week. And we are still endeavoring to work through these emails. So we have one new email and we have a few others we're going to pick from. Um, so this first one is from Michael. And Michael wrote, hey, Kyle and Chris, I need y'all's help. I've been having an internal battle as I stockpile Candy XL and Stardust to level up some Pokemon to level 50. I am saving enough material to max level both a Tyranitar and Swampert, mainly for PvE. I have a hundo of each, but I also have a decently uh, statted shadow of each. My concern is this current shadow Swampert, and hopefully soon Shadow Tyranitar will not be able to mega evolve. So, uh, in your opinion, or Kyle can, in your opinion, or Kyle uh, can spout out a bunch of numbers. What's better, a level fifty hundo Pokemon that can either mega evolve or a level fifty shadow Pokemon? Sorry for the long email but let's make it a little longer. During this past weekend's Axu Community Day, I was able to level 50 my first Pokemon. Nice. I've been sitting on a lucky, shiny Hundo Axu. Oh. That's that's great. Since last year's Go Fest, and your prediction oh. of Axu being in a Community Day in a year was spot on, so it was well worth the wait. Thanks, yeah, fellows. Michael. Awesome. Congratulations on, on that Axu. Okay, Kyle, take it away. Level 50 Hundo or level 50 Shadow? Oh, this is a oh, great question. Ooh, level 50 hundo that can mega or a level 50 shadow. Yeah, this mm. is a great question because it's it's a common like idea. Not a lot of people might get into the situation, but we talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing that makes it very hard to decide because it's not really just a numbers game, unfortunately. So strictly speaking, the mega is better for both. We, I just talked about the Tyranitar and Swampert. Mega Swampert is better than Shadow Swampert. Some things to note, though, that can help influence your decision. There is Primal Kyogre. So Primal Kyogre exists to fill the slot of Mega Swampert in terms of water. Mega Tyranitar is going to be best in class. Uh, forever, I don't think anything is going to dethrone it until something gets drastically reworked. Yeah. That said, other things to consider. You have to Mega to get your bonus from that versus the Shadow always has its benefit at all times. So if you want to Mega something else for the bonus, that that can be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're fighting a Mega Groudon and you bring Swampert, you can't Mega Evolve that Swampert because you want to Mega Evolve well, this is actually a terrible example because Swampert has ground type. This is a terrible example. I'm sorry. If you're doing, uh, I was going to say Heatran, but that is the, it's nope. also weak to ground. So it's not even a good example. I'm not even going to try and listen to another Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> if you want to boost what you're rating instead of increase your damage to it, mm-hmm. then something like Swampert is better because you can Mega Evolve. Kyogre instead. Does that make sense? I think I got a little turned around my with my terrible example. You got a quick summary, a TLDR? Yeah. So, <laughs> Let's take it from the top. Let's run it back. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. Okay. okay. Quick right. summary. Shadow. 
Mega is better for both, statistically speaking. But there is a replacement Mega for Swampert and not for Tyranitar. Mm -hmm. But Mega comes at the cost of having to Mega Evolve to have that benefit. So if you want to Mega Evolve other things, the Shadow will perform better for you in the long term. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Michael, who has been holding on to an Axu based on a prediction a year ago for an event that did happen and they're still excited about it, might be the sort of player that doesn't worry about Mega Energy. No, not about the Mega Energy itself, but about the uh, the opportunity cost. Because if you Mega Evolve Tyranitar, that means you can't Mega Evolve your Groudon for that fire. Yeah, but you're throwing I, rocks I, I don't feel like you're going to be in a situation where you're trying to Mega both. But like. And also example, Primal Kyogre will take up a Mega slot as well. You can't have. But that's what I'm saying, though, if you have the shadow, though, you can still use it and get the full benefit. Yeah. Versus the mega. I've got your example, and then I'm going to give my what I would end up doing. Okay. Let's say you're rating Moltres. Okay. You want to throw rocks at it. I I do. But you also want more XL candy. If you only leveled up the level 50 regular Tyranitar, you can't mega evolve that Tyranitar. And Mega Evolve a Groudon to get your XL candy. Mm-hmm. But if you have a level 50 Shadow Tyranitar, you can use that. And then Mega Evolve your Groudon and sits in the back, does nothing, and gets your XL. Oh, I'm just Mega Evolving to Charizard and we're losing that raid. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. All right. And, and my <laughs> takeaway, though, everything I've said, I would personally do the Mega because I like the idea of collecting the Megas. Also, hundreds more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But statistically speaking, I believe that shadows are better overall. If that's your investment. All right, Michael. I hope that helped. It was a very long-winded answer. I apologize. (laughs) No, I mean that—that's the information. That—that is what they asked for. So, anyway, Michael, hope that hope that clears some stuff up and it doesn't send another email. Sorry about that. (laughs) I'm sure it did though. Cool, cool, cool. You want to read this next one from Latrell? All right. Next email from Latrell says, I know this is just one bone of many to pick with Niantic, but I'm irritated that this season of Heroes only has 10 days left. This is an old email. This is an older email. Uh-huh. <laughs> that they didn't let us collect these power gem things until today. Knowing that this yet another resource we're going to have to grind for the Shadow Raids, despite having the extra balloons for the entire season. Also, I have a bone to pick with you two because I emailed in a few months ago saying I wanted to see Mega Gardevoir and I predicted it dropping in February, but y'all didn't read it. Oh, if we said, hey, what do you think is going to be the next Mega Pokemon and why? And you just sent in Mega Gardevoir. I guarantee you I didn't even look at it twice. Oh. <laughs> you get the, the trick is, everybody, here's the metagame. If there's an and why, and there almost always is, if you want your answer read, give us more than just like Mega Gardevoir. Because like, yeah, obviously, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and if not, I apologize. <laughs> also, I'm very skeptical of the purified gems mechanic because anytime a game adds a new item slash currency like this, it's typically to justify an added layer of inaccessibility. The gems would be cool if there wasn't an enraged state to begin with, a state that effectively walls off single player play. 
Not to mention that Shadow Raids would have been the perfect way to add a damage boost for purified Pokemon instead. Yeah. A feature we already have in the game, which is currently outdated slash undesirable. Well, it's it's in the, the game, but it's not actually active. We have mm-hmm. this confusion every once in a while, but it, it should be in the game. Longtime listener, technically second time writer, Latrell. I disagree so hard on the purified Pokemon thing. Oh, and yeah. Big missed opportunity. Writes itself. Yeah. It's right there. I, I got to say, though, too, the whole thing about accessibility and like really just hard walling off the solo player. Like, yeah. 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 And that's like, a good point. Even yeah. for tier threes, we were just talking about it. It That's really limiting. And that's that seems extreme. But anyway, if you sent in that email and you're like Mega Gardevoir because in the like three paragraphs, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, these are such great points. And this is why I wanted to hold on to these emails, because even these older ones like this raises a good point. Accessibility about Shadow Raids is, is interesting. I mean, it's like Kyle was saying, though, too, Shadow Raids have the same issues that regular raids have, but more a yeah. raid problems plus plus, if you will. Oh, my right? gosh. <laughs> Like, so just, yeah, very much agreed across the board here, I think. Yep. It it is also just a certain level of irony that the season of rocket boosted stuff comes right before the season where we introduce a new item from rockets. Mm -hmm. Agreed on that. Like It doesn't feel that bad, but it does feel just a little bit bad. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. I don't think the shards are that difficult to get overall for how often you have to use them. Mm-hmm. So it's not as big a deal. I like Thankfully. that it gave us like three when we did a shadow on YouTube raid too. Yeah. And leaders give more than grunts. So it kind yep. of bounces out. If you do rockets, you will be prepared for raids. If you don't, well, that's the price you pay for trying to do a, a rocket raid. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thank you very much, Latrell, for your email. Appreciate it. We're going to read one more. And this one is from Artemis Dragon. And they wrote, hey, Kyle and Chris. LOL, that really doesn't roll off the lick of tongue like Chris and Kyle does, huh? (laughs) I mean, I'm biased, but sure. So I've got some pretty off the wall questions to ask you. Hopefully there's uh, there are as entertaining to you as your show is to me. I don't know how to read that. Maybe. Um, Thanks for doing what you do, gents, especially during these eerie times. Again, <laughs> you got it. That was so ominous. I really <laughs> must be referring to like eight different things happening right now. <laughs> uh, first question. If you two were to form a business using your names, what business would the product be that follows your names? Probably just me, but I get Ben and Jerry's vibes from you guys. Chris and Kyle's blank just makes sense. All right. What do you think? Chris and Kyle's what? Mm. Or Kyle and Chris is in, in your mind if you want to do that. I, I'm I'm feeling like it's like a, a, a Chris and Kyle's something emporium. Sell something. <laughs> I don't know what. It just it fits. I don't know what yeah. we would sell in bulk, mm. but it would have to be a lot in bulk. Of stuff. In bulk. In bulk. I don't know. I, I want it to be something <laughs> ridiculous to sell in bulk almost. Uh like tongs. Tongs. Who's going to order 1,500 tongs at once? The restaurant store that then sells them to other restaurants. That's right. That's right. Yep. Chris and Kyle's oh. Tong Emporium. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just like a bunch of pictures of promotional pictures of just like clicking the tongs and just like. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I'm sure our listeners 
have much more clever ideas than we do here now that we've laid the seed, though. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next question. Sorry if it seems a little all over the place. As far as roles go, what do you most identify as being in Pokemon Go? If you recall, before Niantic shut down Wizards Unite last year, you could choose different roles for yourself and let people see that kind or see what kind of player you are. Um, I feel like people would have more enjoyment with the Pokemon Go if they connected with actual people. Oh, sorry. This is the next thing already. Oh, wait, no. Is it? This is just... No, it's not. It's, it's, it's a continuation of an idea. Yeah, you keep going. Keep going. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. I feel like people would have much more enjoyment with the Pokemon, uh, with Pokemon Go if they connected with actual people who love one particular aspect of the game overall as well. Having an in-game way to showcase that could be a good thing. Just imagine looking inside of a gym lobby or even a campfire and next to Ace Trainer's name is an egg symbol or a ghost medal. You make a new friend. Stuff like that. You know, they did this on Sylph. You could you could yeah. list yourself for your Sylph card as well, like if you were a raider or whatnot. So, Kyle, what do you what do you think you are? Up until recently, the best thing probably to describe me was a, a raider. Mm-hmm. I didn't raid a supreme amount, but when I did play, that was kind of what I liked to do. I'm not gonna lie, right now I kind of I kind of struggle to have an identity in go. Man, ooh, that, that hits hard, man. So in, I don't oh, know. in Go. Oh, okay. All right. No, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> there's, there's, there was never an identity otherwise. So, <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> you were I born a podcaster, just didn't realize your yourself <laughs> later in life or until later in life. Um, I don't, I don't think I have an identity right now. Kind of, kind of been struggling to find one at the moment. I'm definitely a, an egg hatcher. Yeah, I do all aspects of the game, but I feel like I'm one of the only people that's like legitimately excited about hatching yeah, eggs yeah. at all yeah, points. Well, in time. Uh, your egg hatching slacked this week. It did. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> only the mid 30s. I'll do better next time. I promise. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, next one. What is the actual point of raid days that require you to work with other players? If the whole point is to get people to play IRL with locals, I think Niantic has missed their mark, especially with elite raids, which I do not like anymore. It's uh, always an embarrassingly small collection of like five people that attend, which is totally fine for very small communities. However, my local community, on the other hand, has 100 plus in all of our campfire groups, thousands of locals who play, but only like five ever show up. Heck, half sit in their car. There just doesn't seem to be any in-game retention once people have capped on their passes. And if they are hardcore raiders, they pile up in their chariots and scurry off to do more raids. This also happens on research days. Yep. But who could blame anyone for not staying once the event concludes? After you've hit your free raid pass limit, what else is there? The park is a picky peck nest, and your nearby <laughs> is full of overly common weather-boosted spawns. None of that is going to entice the able-bodied player base to keep playing. Maybe Niantic needs a new angle? As someone who has played IRL since the beginning, I think so. Because raiding just doesn't bring out crowds like it used to during its glory days. Okay. And there is one last thing, but let's, let's stop for a second. Uh, honestly. Yes. It, raid days yeah. need to, to be more fully fleshed out and worthwhile than just the raids. That's a good point. It's, it's so hard though, because look at it from another perspective of a very casual player's perspective. 
the person who opens the game once a day who goes out but doesn't like connect with other people the only way like those raid days are great because they see other people playing and then they get to play and that's what niantic wants to see happen yeah we can't speak for very recent experience but in the past you you get a group of five people who play together and if you're in a populated area you will get more people that it works it does work i don't know if it works anymore it's certainly probably not as effective anymore especially because people who've stuck around as long have have formed kind of their own sphere of how they play go does that make sense yes whether it's with friends or by themselves they are solidified as the type of player that they are it's the same issue that we were talking about um with shadow mewtwo raids is that the min max best way to do it ended up being car ride car riding like and that's the thing so i suppose the answer is actually they need to impact the min max for raid days in such a way that they can encourage people to do something other than 15 minute car ride to the next one move on to the next one like I don't know yeah. what that is, but that's yeah, the answer. Yeah, it's kind of we we've had these experiences in the past. It's kind of funny because we're looking at you know five years ago now when we did Zapdos and Moltres raid day. Oh yeah, we were in a car. Yep, we had, I believe, on one day we had two cars. The other day we only had one between five and nine people, and the the drivers knew the town. We drove from raid to raid. Got out, did the raid. Sometimes we stayed in the car, depending mm-hmm. on where the raid was. And then went to the next one. And it was great. We had a great time because we knew everybody. But not yeah. because, like, the game made us interact with people. But then on on the flip side, for the Legendary Beasts, we went downtown Chicago. We made a plan, but we did it on foot. And we met new people. Not a lot of new people, but we did meet new people. Mm-hmm. And that's in a city where raids fill up instantly you don't need to know anybody to do those raids so it's hard to have a perspective on where how the game works in other areas and that's the place that i kind of struggle with in talking about it i think shadow mewtwo is actually even worse than normal raid days because it wasn't at every gym like we could make a route a walking route in downtown because we knew at every gym there was going to be that raid Mm-hmm. so that's yeah. true i think but i think we still need proper raid days because we haven't really had any to to judge by we've had elite raids which sort of count but i don't think so and then we've had cleavor raid day which doesn't mm-hmm. count because it was a three star so it's it's too easy to factor in yeah you can solo that right so and then the last raid day we had before that was Hisuian Braviary, which again was a three star. Oh, was Braviary after Avalog? No, Avalog was first. I'm sorry. Or Avalog was after. So it was, yeah. last one was Hisuian Avalog, which was like, it was Christmas Eve, wasn't it? Was that Christmas? Oh, yeah, it was like Christmas Eve. And I was That's like, right. why did you do this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Cleavor was like on Easter. Or yes, wait, no, it, was. it wasn't, wasn't Easter. It was something else. No, it was, it was Easter. I don't remember. <laughs> I think it was Easter. Anyways, so we haven't had a five-star raid day where someone can dedicate their time to it in forever. Yeah. Literally forever. 
I hope I'm not missing one. I'd feel I'll feel real bad if oh, someone corrects me here. I know Cleaver wasn't Easter because I was driving to and from uh, something for my dad, and that was not on Easter on that day. But some there was another raid day that was on Easter. Point being, a lot of times these raid days are inaccessible because of the way they're scheduled anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I don't know if we had a general point there, except I, I think that raid days can work. I think it really depends on the overall health of the game, though. It, it does. And I think it really kind of comes back to the point that we were pretty much both getting at that. If they want to affect the way that people are min-maxing their games, they're not just car waffling to and from places. One, make it spawn everywhere so that you can plan and do stuff on foot better, right? And make sure that people know that ahead of time. And and two, figure out some way to make it so that driving your car from raid to raid is not the best way to do it. Figure out a way so that it's the best way to walk from raid to raid. Like, honestly, I don't know how. But again, that's the answer, right? So, yeah. Uh, last bit of this email, and then we're we're finished up here. And lastly, is there an official, unofficial, short-form way to describe legendaries, mythicals, and ultra beasts? It's quite a mouthful, and an even worse experience typing them all out each time. Also, we now have Paradox Pokemon, which for all of you listeners who don't know, they're basically ancestors of existing past and present Pokemon that are almost as strong as pseudo-legendaries. Saying something is an LMUBP just doesn't sound cool. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. I know that Smogon has some short form ways of doing this, but that's they break them into tiers of usefulness and not really based on their classification. I no, I don't. I don't think there's an easy way to do it. Not I don't think so either. I yeah. I also don't think Paradox is in the same category at all. Really? No. Okay. No. Like we don't lump pseudo legendaries in with legendaries, so. Like the only paradox that should be included are, uh, what's it? Something wake. I don't remember what the first part of that was. The walking wake. Walking wake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like walking wake because it's obviously a prehistoric legendary. I'm gonna argue but. the opposite. I think that if Ultra Beast gets its own classification, that Paradox Pokemon does as well because Ultra Beasts don't don't um, work the same way that Legendaries and Mythicals do. In order for me, like that's different. You know. I, I'm just talking about including them when you're oh, talking about them. Sure. Like Ultra Beast fit with legendaries because of the way they're handled in the games. You only get one unless I'm incorrect. You when can you do the wormholes, wormholes and you can you can farm them. OK, well, that that was when they started adding repeatable endgame. But yeah, I think that was Ultra Moon, Ultra, Ultra Sun Ultra and Moon. Moon. I didn't yeah. play those. So that's fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, There is no good way of shortening no, them, at least no not that we're aware of. That's no. the answer there. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't know. We just we Kyle and I have only just recently in our Pokemon Master journey of 20 plus years started getting them correctly lined up as legendaries, mythicals and slash or ultra beasts. We still have to check for several of them. When yeah. Darkrai came out, we're like, what is this again? Genesect. What is this again? Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, is this a mythical? I don't remember. I've never paid attention. <laughs> he, he tran. There's multiple of them. Is that is an exception? I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it gets crazy pretty fast. But anyway, thank you very much for your email there. Artemis Dragon. Appreciate all the fun questions. That's going to do it for emails for this week. So if you, dear listener, would like to send us an email just like these fine folks did, you can to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 
7717. You can visit our website for all things GoCast at GoCastPodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, really our only active social media account, at GoCastPodcast. If you'd like to help support the show monetarily, you can do so via Patreon, which is a service where you get to pick how much you'd like to support a month with no, like, contract unless you sign up for the year ahead of time um so yeah month by month if you'd like to and that's spelled p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash go cast podcast or just google us you'll find us and speaking of patrons shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons thank you to Bo, Daniel, Lori, Michael, Ozzy, Arkham, Tish, Marvin, and Mimi, Sui, and Ryan, Thayer, Jason, Justin, Charles, Modders, Lee, William, Brandon, Ethan, Stephen, Nick, Kelvin, our favorite listener, Drew, too, Camo, The Ugly Rock, Jacob, and Victoria. Thank you so, so much for helping us keep the digital lights on and for your generous support. We appreciate you. And if you'd like to help support the show non-monetarily, you can via leaving a review wherever you can, which does not include Google Podcasts. It just doesn't. I don't. I know it doesn't make sense. I'm also losing my mind over it. Google Podcast should know better. You're right. Thanks for agreeing with me. Okay, Mr. Kyle, let's set some goals, and then we can get on out of here. All right. Are we ready? Yes. Very ready. Uh, I gotta finish the Cosmog research. I'm gonna say just one of them. I currently have two, but I'm not sure which one is gonna be. <laughs> nice. My money is on night. No, I've caught two dark types out of 20 right now. <laughs> oh, but there's ghosts out during the day. You can do it. Not really. There's like Drifloon, Drifloon. and that's it. Drifloon. Barely, but it's uh, okay. <laughs> Maybe. Anyways, yeah, there's also Purloin. And Purloin, yeah. Anyways, uh, on that same note, I need to complete the nighttime collection challenge. I currently have no progress at all in it except for one spinnerack because I haven't played at night at all. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but you wake up and it's still nighttime, so you really got to get on that, man. Yeah, well, but I wake up and I'm still asleep, so <laughs> not really. I can't really catch Pokemon in that time. I wake up, but I'm still asleep, man. You know, you feel me? I don't consume mass media, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, and 300,000 experience. Now I have to ask a question. Okay. Does that mean Shadow I have research. to give an answer? Yes, shadow okay. research. Yes. I was under the impression you could not get the next shadow research until you completed the previous one. Yeah, that Is was that... my understanding. So how do I have two shadow research right now? I currently have, and I'm hoping somebody can actually answer this. One of our listeners can probably answer this because I don't think you had it either. I have shadowy skirmishes. And from the shadows, mm-hmm. both currently at four out of five. So I just I need to know if I need to finish these two to get the new one, or if I'm just going to get it. I'll have my own answer before this podcast goes up, but still, I'm kind of curious. I don't know because I thought that you had to finish it too, but I think I it might have been did. like it might have been that like one or, once or twice when they did like a repeat of it in the same season, like next one. Yeah. Like I mean, I, another I, radar. I also thought that so. I'm it, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not I have sure no either. intention of doing Shadow Reggie Rock. So if I don't get another one, I'm not going to finish the two that I currently have. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good deal. Good deal. All right. And and three hundred thousand experience. I didn't get a chance to stop yes. you really quick. How close are you to your next level? Then forty seven, right? Uh, I am uh, about two million away. Okay. 
you got until GoFest. Yeah. Got until GoFest. Otherwise, That's I'll be right. shamed mercilessly. That's right. By at least two podcasts worth of hosts. <laughs> so, all right. Um, my goals this week are Shadow Regirock. Uh, finish Cosmog research. I've only got one left, and I'm still on the hunt for the shiny Fomantis. And I might get other shinies in that pursuit, but I'm looking for Fomantis. That's the one that counts. So there's that. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. We will see you next week for episode 241. Good luck this weekend with Team Rocket, Giovanni, and the big old rock thing. Have a good time. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.